Welcome back to the Final Whistle Podcast. Time you run! Welcome back, listeners. This week on the Final Whistle, we will recap round four. We have a golden point segment. We will preview round five and we'll end the podcast with our weekly New South Wales Junior Rugby League Around the Ground segment. We'd like to apologise for Griffo again as he's still in Queensland for work finishing off a job. Hope to have him back next week on the pod. Other than that, it's business as usual. Afternoon, Fifey. How are we? Yeah, yeah, mate. Pretty good. Tuesday, talking footy again. I don't reckon Griffo's working. I saw on his Facebook the other day he was out fishing at Harvey Bay, I think. Yeah, he's, having, he's, having a, he's living it up there rather than, rather than working, I think. Uh, <laughs> why not, mate? Why not throw, throw a line out there? It's probably beautiful weather up there in Queensland at the moment. Yeah, no, I reckon it's great weather up there. It's great weather down Nara too, do It's just unbelievable driving down Nara, 30, 32 degrees, singlet on at about 7 o'clock this morning. It's lovely weather at the moment. Love and life, mate. Um, just before we start... What caught your eye in round three? Travis Tomar. Uh, he played for Lebanon 2000 World Cup, and now he's the Roosters trainer. He uh, had to get his tackling skills back out on the uh, on Thursday night, you know, tackled the pitch invader. Um, this guy decided to come on with his little rooster toy to try and talk to the rooster boys and try to run away and met the shoulder of Travis. Yeah, very disappointing in this day and age, you know, what was the security guards doing? 150 metres yet to run? Yeah, 150 metres because it's the, it's the oval, it's not the, not the uh, rectangle. So, you know, he had to run 150 metres before he even got to the field, to the centre of the play where they were. So, you know, try, the security guards are going to have to get their act into gear, you know. And, um, yeah, then a Penrith from Friday night, that golden point thriller, you know, ball got kicked over and one of the, one of the boys has picked it up and he, he jetted off and then he's... Fellow that was next to me, watching the game all day, giving it to Farrow every time we're down here, down down our end where we were standing, and uh, at the end of it, he decided to do a backflip, jump back over the fence, you know, and then he didn't get caught. I'll go do it again. Done the second backflip, and then security was there waiting for him, and he got back over the fence, and his excuse was I'm going to drag him away. His excuse was, oh no, I can't. I got my baby there. Yeah. <laughs> Very disappointing. Not not the brightest start for. A... For a um for an adult there, um very childish play. You know we all like to do you know, have some fun at the footy, but we need to stay within the rules of the grounds. What caught your eye, Dale, in round three? Uh the three golden point games. Um, could have been four if you know Reese Martin converts from the sideline. Lots of controversy in regards to that. You know I think uh, Smith scored three or four, maybe even five meters inside that. That sideline there, and then you know they've made him kick it from the sideline. You know he's kicking at ninety three percent. The commentators put the the mockery on him, said that he probably slot it. You know, kick kick all goals that day, and then come to this one, and it was just a total shank. But lots oh, of controversy. The one that mattered that that didn't get it over, but Graham Annesley came out and he said that um that they stuffed up, and kudos to Graham Annesley. I really has to go. My hat has to go off to him. He's uh done a real good job. With the referees so far this year, um, not too many complaints. We will talk about a couple of them that have happened, this being one of them. But um, all in all, mate, you know, last year we had headlines after each game, not each round, each game. Referees stuffed up again, referees done this again. And the fact that I've only heard two um, bad referee 
remarks before this weekend that just went, that's pretty good, I reckon. It's it's a massive improvement. And, yeah, kudos to, uh, yeah, kudos to Graham Manisley. Yeah, it's been a blessing in disguise, sick of waking up, reading the papers after a footy match, uh, listening to the coaches in the press conference, banging on about the referees. Um, at the moment, they're not banging on, which is great. You know, they're banging on about how poor their side um, have, have or haven't turned up. So yeah, no, the onus is back on to the players now. You know, you can't just hide behind oh, the referee did this to us and the referee did this to this this team. And you know, as Tuvzu was saying, that no, there's got to be an investigation. Well, no, there's no investigation so far at the moment. It's all an investigation on players not turning up off the bus or out of their cars on game day. That's it. I mean, we had a taste of Cooper Cronk maybe going into um, early retirement. Going to be a coach uh, there. We had the. <laughs> He had the headset on there when he went off injured. It was, it was, that was awesome just to watch there. Uh, yeah, no, sitting there with his headset on the uh, on the side, you know, doing a bit of uh, co-coaching. He kind of done that for 80 minutes in the grand final last year. And if he was a dabble in the coaching, which I don't think he would because you end up with grey hair like the rest of the coaches. Or no hair. Or no hair like Nathan Brown, yeah. So, um, no, he, he, he's got a massive, massive mind. And, you know, just to uh, just to elaborate on that, you know, he started out as a as a centre and a hooker coming through the junior ranks and, you know, he had to mould himself into a halfback just to get into first grade because he wasn't going to beat Cameron Smith. And what a halfback he's been, one of the uh, one of the best we've seen in the last 25 years and he'll go down as one of the all-time greats. I don't think he'll get the immortal stage, but then again, the way the NRL's pushing these immortals out, we'll have 65 by the end of uh, 2030. Yeah, most likely. All right, that's the introduction for this week. Um, stay tuned. We will recap round four. All right, we're back here to recap round four, not round three, though. Fifey um, says here for Thursday night, Roosters, Broncos. Uh, Roosters won this one 36-4. They were dominant from the start to the finish. Seven tries to one thumping. Cooper Cronk made a stunning return from hamstring injury to set up three first-half tries as the Roosters ran rampant over the Brisbane Broncos. Cronk was unable to finish the match due to a late cheap shot from Tavita Pangai Jr., he was placed on report for it. The Roosters won every battle across the park, raising questions about the Broncos' young forward pack and new coach Seabold. Mitch Orbison scored a double, his first since 2010. Three Roosters players ran over, ran for over 200 metres and six for more than 100 metres. What changes do Brisbane need to do to become competitive again? First game on Friday, 6pm. Warriors 26, Titans 10. The Warriors have made amends for an embarrassing loss to Manly last week by outclassing a lacklustre Titans outfit. Reigning M medalist Tuovasashek was at his brilliant best and Blake Green called the shots in the style as the Warriors turned a 12-point half-time lead into a morale-boosting 16-point win. Titans remain winless at 0-4. and four. What needs to change for the Titans moving forward? Uh, second game Friday night, I was here for this one. A week that was dominated by the Cleary talk will end with more Cleary talk after Nathan slotted a field goal to get the one of the most unlikely victories against West Tigers in Golden Point at the Panther Stadium on, on the Friday night that we were there. It looked as though Penrith's nightmare season would be going from bad to worse and that Tigers would have the last laugh on Ivan Cleary. However, his son stepped up when it mattered the most to seal the 9-8 victory uh, Coach Michael McGuire was proud of his side's effort in the loss. The curse of the joint venture club continues with the Tigers having 
lost 14 of 18 golden point clashes for a competition of for the competition and a low low of 22% of that since 2003 um had Isan Masters kicked those goals we wouldn't be talking about golden point but were Penrith robbed of a potential try without going upstairs to check first game on Saturday mainly First, the Rabbitohs mainly have snapped South Sydney's three-match winning streak after skipper Daly Cherry Evans stepped up with a goal and a point field goal for the 13-12 win at Lodderland. The win will be short-lived with Tommy Tigger injuring that hamstring. Bennett filthy with his sides below average performance and attitude. Halfback Adam Reynolds was far from his best uncharacteristic, miss, uncharacteristic performance, missing three goals and two field goals, most of which were in kickable range. Marty Tapao was massive with 200 running metres, 20 runs, 5 tackle busts and 25 tackles in a man-to-match performance. Massive whispers coming out of Redfern. Is the club looking to medically retire GI? All right, second game on Saturday up at 1300 Smiles Stadium, although it wasn't 1300 Smiles, that's for sure. Raiders outclassed Cowboys 30-12. to so the Raiders have rolled Cowboys on Saturday night, uh, running in five tries to two to claim their third win of the season. Cowboys only completed at 68% and they made 16 errors in doing so and missing 29 tackles in another poor performance. Raiders had 10 players who ran for over 100 metres in a dominant display away from home. Fifey did say this on Hawksbury Radio that if they were to be contenders this year, they'd have to, uh, they'd have to win away from home and they did. Captain Croker scored 18 points, five goals and a double as um, Coach Green lays the law down. If guys aren't doing their job, we've got to find blokes that can. You can't keep tossing up performances like that and expect to keep your position. Is Lapano finally back? Third game on Saturday. Mitchell Moses has delivered a five-star performance to help Parramatta bid farewell to ANZ Stadium in style with a 24-12 victory over an injury-hit Cronulla Sharks. The Eels were pushed all the way in the seesaw contest to notch up their third win of the season and regain the Johnny Manor Cup for the first time since 2014. Brad Arthur was pleased with his side as they learnt their lessons from last week's loss to the Roosters when they found themselves in a similar position. Arthur indicated it was the side's attitude that had improved immensely since the wooden spoon season last year and their willingness to respond to internal criticism on turning results around. Have the Sharks got enough depth to cover for early season injuries? At Sunday, 4 o'clock, Storm Dogs. Uh, so Storm got up here 18-12. They denied the Dogs in the cliffhanger after a botched last-minute conversion, which we spoke about in the uh, introduction. A powerful start from Canterbury did just fall short in Melbourne on Sunday's injuries and fatigue set in. The Storm coming back to win an 18-16 thriller. Both teams completed over 80% and both sides missing 34 tackles each. Fancy that one. Both sides had eight players that ran over 100 metres. Men of the match performance, uh, Nigerian Jaden Ockenbaugh, one try, one offload. Three line breaks, six tackle busts, 24 runs for 290 metres. Uh, Craig Bellamy felt his team were lucky to escape with a wind and keep their unbeaten start to the season intact. Melbourne remains the only side unbeaten in 2019. 
huge talking point was that really a penalty try final game sunday 6 10 p.m dragons 13 knights 12 norman boots dragons to back-to-back golden point wins another clutch moment for corey will boost his and his side's confidence of grinding out wins Caelan ponga made a successful return to fullback for newcastle but it wasn't enough to get the win even with his two try assists, two line breaks assists, five tackle busts, two goals, and 19 runs for 178 metres in a man of match display in a losing side, is Nathan Brown under pressure with a one and three start? Well, that's round four, Fifey. Sorry, I did mention it was round three, but got ahead of myself there. Um, how did we go on the tips? I got six, return the form. Um, Souths and the Knights let me down. That's no good. Yeah, I actually actually only got one out of eight. Forgot to put my tips in. Um, but if I did put my tips in, I would have got six. Um, I think Griffo forgot to put his tips in as well. Um, he must be uh, working hard up there in Queensland and forgot to put his tips in. So he only got two. Um, so there's <laughs> not much to take from us listeners out there with some with some great tips there. Um, team of the week, mate. Who you got? Who 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 stepped? Who's Changed. There's a lot of, uh, you know, you go para, they played against the lacklustre Sharks. Um, you know, Warriors bouncing back, that was number one. Roosters, ever ever the same, you know, Roosters. Um, the only way Roosters could get a team of a, a team of the round for me is to put 50 on a team with the, with the amount of um, class of players they have under, under their sombrero there. Uh, Manly was a good one. They, they upset... Souths, um, I don't know if they're going to have another win for a while, but mine goes to a losing side, and that's the Bulldogs. Um, 12-0 for most of that first half, you know, um, late try there to, to the Storm just on half-time. Controversy there. Yeah, controversy. Penalty try, you happy with that? Oh, he had his hands on it. Um, had he sprinted like normal centres would, he would have scored it anyway, so I'm guessing it. I'm, I'm saying that it, it, it was a penalty try. He had his hand on it. Had he run faster, he would have actually put the ball down and probably went onto the post anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's that, that's my side. They, um, from you know the first two weeks of getting 70 odd points put against them, to come back and win round three and then literally have one of the competition favourites, as they as the uh, experts say, you know, really pushed them to the um. To the end, and oh, sorry, that score wasn't eighteen twelve; was eighteen sixteen as well. Um, my my mistake there was eighteen sixteen. So um, that 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 extra goal would put him into the golden point. Sorry, out there, listeners. Um, bit of a typo there on our script, but other than that, yeah, Bulldogs. My team in the round is the Raiders. Um, we caught it last week. If they turn up and they win away from home, uh, and they play well. Yep. It was business as usual for them. You know, what they've done in the last couple of weeks is just rolled teams, you know, completed their sets, and it's the new Rays of old. Dominant away win, especially up there in um, in one at 1300 Smiles. So not the ideal place to go to, um, but it was very, very, very pleasing professional performance. Yeah, before we get to Player of the Week, we don't generally answer our own questions that we leave in this recap, but I want to touch on two, if that's all right, Dale. Uh, Nathan Brown, is he under pressure? I reckon he's starting to get the pressure. He's, they're going to have to win the next two games for that pressure to go away. You can't be 
sitting uh, around six, one and five. One and five with his open open contract that he has with the with the Knights at the moment. If he if he gets to round thirteen and he's not in not in the eight or around the or, or around, or the around eight. that ballpark eight around thirteen, yeah, there will be talk there will be talk talk there about um that performance contract about, about the performance contract the contract that he has and the other one which um I did get a photo slung to me. Saturday mid morning was that of William Kicker with the ball on the try line. Now, uh, this is the one where we talk about the referees. Uh, you know, they um, and Jimmy Maloney blew up Deluxe. So, they first of all they claimed that Dylan Edwards knocked the ball on, but on the replay, that Maloney literally was standing underneath the goalpost in front of me, looking at the screen, shows that there wasn't really much of a fumble. Then they go upstairs to see how it's going to be restarted, but they won't go upstairs for when Vinayama kick out puts the ball over the line. It's a very strange decision, that. I don't, I don't get it. Um, brain, brain snap by all involved there. Um, there hasn't been you know, much... You know, controversy around the referee. So no, but this is the big. This is one of the biggest one that's come out. You go upstairs when you're right in front to see how you restart a match. So the ball's been grounded in goals. So it's a dropout. Why the hell would you go upstairs for a dropout? But you won't go upstairs for something that's four points. Like, you know, I'm happy for the referees to back their decision, but when it's that close to the line. And it's a try. Like, it was the other way around. And it was Viliami grounding that ball for a dropout. And they didn't go upstairs. They said it's a dropout and go down underneath the post. I'm all for that. You're backing, your, you're backing it there because, you know, you're backing your decision. But for a try in a tight match where there's a bit of doubt, you know. And, and if you play that in real time without freezing it, yeah, you might have knocked on. But we don't know that now because we haven't gone back. 100%. Well, on Thursday, um, they checked it um, with with um, Crichton's try. He got up shaking his head saying it was no try. Um, and they gave it. And they looked at it and he got the ball on the line. So that's what we need. We just need to go back to that consistency we had for the first three yeah. rounds. And we'll oh, no, 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 doubt, no doubt Graham Manisley would have looked at that video and you, you probably won't see that again. You probably... You probably get a lot more KFC advertising, and good on KFC for being the video ref advertising there because they get a lot of it each game. Um, yeah, they've just got to. You don't. You don't want to critique too much of the referees because they are doing a good job this year. But when you do simple blunders like that, you know you've got to. You've got to raise the question and 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 hope that. The powers that be up in the referee ranks have seen it as well. Hundred percent. We'll um won't touch more about that. Um, but we'll go on to um your player of the week, Fife. Yeah, now my player of the week, no doubt here is Jaden Knockenball. Second game in, you know, scores a try, tops the run meters again. Uh, he topped the run meters last week in his debut. He made the uh, team of the week that the NRL posted up, albeit a fan fan based uh, poll. He um he's really taking his opportunity that Dean Pay has given him 
Hundred percent. I chucked him in my super coach team this week. Hundred and one points. You beauty. Oh, Thanks yeah. for that. No, nah, lovely. It's, it's it's all it's all with the hair. It's just the hair. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, what's your what's your player of the week, bud? Um, I had Ponga, but obviously I can't be too biased and talk about the Newcastle Knights <laughs> players all the time. Um, he is back at fullback where he should be. They're loving it. You know, we, you've seen his class there. He just pops up and does his thing. But I can't go past you know Tedesco. I don't think there's a player in the NRL at the moment that's in his form. You know, I reckon he's probably the best player in the game at the moment. It's a massive call here, but week in, week out. He just turns up, does his thing, and performs. He's going to be New South Wales um, halfback, uh, New South Wales fullback, uh, or barring injury coming into the Origin series. We need oh, another, he's guaranteed got it now because Tommy Turbo's injured. We need another big, another big series from him. But um, most likely, we'll probably slot in at um, at fullback for Australia too. Um, yeah. That's me. No Billy Slater, so yeah, it's it's looking looking like uh, it'd be a a New South Wales slog out between. Teddy and Turbo, who's going to get the fullback slot there? Mm. But you think you think being New South Wales incumbent would get you the nod in the first game? Hundred percent, he's killing it. Like it just it just makes things look so easy. Like he made Darius Boyd look like <laughs> a reserve grader. Anybody, that anybody can make Darius Boyd look like a reserve grader this year. He's he's, he's fallen for two dummy half uh, dummy, dummy half passes now, or two dummies, I should say. Uh, and just let Tedesco run around him, doesn't make an effort in tackles. He's been very poor. We won't touch much on... Um, he's missing Wayne Bennett. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's missing his dad up there. But he's got his stepdad in Seabowl, so we'll see how he goes. All right, that's um, the recap for our four listeners. Um, tune in for our Golden Point segment that's up next. Welcome back, listeners. Here we are, our Golden Point segment. The Golden Point, or our sudden death overtime system, is used to resolve drawn rugby league matches in the National Rugby League. The term is borrowed from the Golden Goal system formerly employed by soccer. The Golden Point is used to determine a winner when scores are level at the end of regulation time, prior to its introduction into the National Rugby League competition at the beginning of the 2003 season. Normal season games were left as draws. There have been 122 Golden Point games played, with 14 remaining as draws after the 10 minutes of Golden Point extra time. Daily Cherry Evans has scored the winning points on five occasions, more than anyone else in the NRL, with Jonathan Thurston behind him on four, Clinton Skivgoski, Chris Sandow, Trent Hodgkinson, Cooper Cronk, Josh Reynolds and Mitchell Pearce having each scored the winning points on three occasions. The first Golden Point game was 18th of May 2013, Manly vs. Parramatta Eels, with Ben Walker kicking a penalty goal to win 36-34 at Brookvale Oval. The first drawn match was 15th of May 2004, South Sydney Rabbitohs vs. Cowboys, 20 all at the Blue Tongue Stadium in the Central Coast. 2005 was the only Golden Point, 2015, sorry, was the only Golden Point Grand final where the Cowboys eventually beating the Broncos with a Jonathan Thurston field goal. The Sharks have played the most Golden Point games with 19 in total, while Melbourne and the Sydney Roosters have played the least with 12. The Bulldogs are the most successful team under this format, having nine from 13, having having won nine from 13 matches, including one draw. While the West Tigers are the worst, having lost 14 of their 18 matches. The South Sydney Rabbitohs have featured in the most drawn 
matches with four, followed by the New Zealand Warriors and Brisbane Broncos that have both drawn three matches. I've been digging up the old record books, and yes, we have had three golden points in the past, just like we did in round four over the weekend. A few of our listeners have inboxed us to find out if this has happened previously. As previously mentioned, we have had three golden point games in, in one round, other than last week. Well, I can confirm in August 2007, Tigers vs Roosters, Eels vs Sharks and Penrith vs Cowboys was the three golden point games during that round. In the past, we have had eight rounds with two golden point games in each. Now we have had two rounds with, th- with three games in total. Incredible weekend of footy with... Without Reese Martin missing the conversion, we could have had our first four golden point games in one round of footy. Fifey, what's your opinions and thoughts on this? Yeah, so um, they brought this in in 2003 uh, to liven up the game. Uh, you know, fans back in 2000, 2001, 2002 were getting... I'm guessing stale with having draw matches. You know, everyone needed to have a winner. You couldn't have a draw. So they brought this in to spice it up towards the, like the end if it was a draw. Uh, so, you know, there was a winner and there was a loser. Um, to me, it worked well, maybe for three or four years. But then you just saw it, it was basically... Forward, 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 drop kick on the last. And now, oh, with the seven tackles, uh, tackle, seven tackle set, if the ball goes over the dead ball line, it's just easier to get down the ground and slot it. So, uh, although it, it worked, worked for what it was when they needed it to, to liven the games up, and it did liven the games up, if you were at a, if you were at a ground and you went to Golden Point, especially if your team was playing crap like Panthers did on the weekend, and then you, you miraculously win it out of nowhere, it's jubilation. Uh, going from here, where do we go with golden point? Because, as I just said, seven tackles from a drop kick going and missing, it's just easier now just to go, you know, straight up the field, seven tackles, you're sitting on the 30-metre line, you just slot it straight over, and the game's done. So... um. I put a poll up on our Facebook page the other day. It's got six more days to go on it. Um, but currently it sits at 61% to 39% in favour of moving to Golden Try, which again, it would lighten the game up again um, because you've got to score a four-pointer to win the game. So no, no longer do you just use your forwards or dummy half scoots to go straight up the middle of the ground, give it to your give it to your sharpshooter to to slot it over the um over the poles. So um, what do you reckon, Dale? Like, you know, <coughs> yeah, it is a tough one. Um, like both teams go out there and you know give eighty percent, give two hundred percent, play for eighty minutes, sorry, and give you know over a hundred percent. And I think you know. Um, it deserved to get a point each out of it. I think we're going too much into Amer- Americanized football where there has to be a, a result or Americanized game, so to speak, where there has to be a winner and it has to be a loser. I'm more than happy, you know, if a team, both teams turn up and 
there can't be a winner on the day for whatever reasons, let's give them a point each. Um, yeah, exactly. Going into semi-final football, uh, yes, we do have to have a winner. Um, maybe we could go in to look at something instead of going in, if, it's, if it is, goes into golden point in semi-final football, instead of being a, a slog fest for who gets the first field goal, maybe we, we do play five minutes each for over two halves, so it gives you an opportunity. You know, if someone wants to go for an early field goal, they have to defend that lead. Or we could go into golden try, but then again, um, we could be playing forever in a day if we go for golden try. So there's those options at the moment. Me, I'm happy, you know, teams turn up for the 80 minutes they put in, um, and they've, you know, worked hard to get that that result at the end of 80 minutes, give them a point each. Well, it just, it just, it just shows that the NRL is, a, is the only one out of all the, the grades of footy that we have, from the sixes up to reserve grade, at the end of your full time in normal competition, that's the score. You have a draw, it's a draw. Even in our reserve grade, our premier reserve grade in New South Wales and Queensland, at the end of the day, at the, when, that, when that final siren goes and the final whistle is blown, if the scores are level, scores are level. Yes. You only play, you only play your golden, no, you only play your golden point in semi-final football, yeah. and that's and that's why, that's why a lot of parents on the sideline of weekend games for kids blow up at the junior referees when they blow a penalty or they don't blow a penalty yet. The stars on TV the night before got away with it or had the penalty blown against them. And what I was taught and told when we were coming through the, the refereeing system out here in Penrith is that there are two different rules. There are NRL rules and then there is the ARL rules, which is what the grassroots footy go off. NRL rules are for entertainment purposes, i.e. if... A 12-year-old boy goes and scores a try in the corner and he hits the goal, the, the corner post in doing so, it's a 20-meter restart. In the NRL, they just touch that there. It's, av- it's an advertising logo with a camera in the bottom of it. You know, they can get away with it there. Um, as for, yeah, Golden Point, it's only played in the NRL. So... Yeah, I look at you know other sports like soccer. They're happy with a draw. Uh, they do have you know extra time and penalty shootouts to make a result. AFL, you know both both teams in the in the competition happy with a draw unless it's obviously semi final football. Um, yeah, we're trying to be. Too, I think we're trying to be too fancy. Let's let's take a point each. Move on to next week. Um, yeah, well, um, go from there. One of our one of our Facebook followers, uh, Muhammad. Well, he calls himself Mo on Facebook. He said, uh, and after eighty min- after eighty minutes, if it's a draw, we'll give them one point, and then if they still want this golden point to try to have a winner, well, then they can play the extra ten minutes, and then the, win- the winner of that gets an extra point. So then one goes with two, one goes with one. Although, you know, that's 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 good. I'm old school, and you win or you lose. And if you lose, you go back to the drawing board. And that's the way I'm teaching my boys that I coach, is that there's a winner and there's a loser. Although it is called a loss, 
it's not so much a loss, you learn off your mistakes. If you go through and do a, a, a load, a load of winning, you know, well then uh, you don't learn as much as you would with a loss. And that was evidence going, growing up with, uh, with me playing junior football. I went through two seasons undefeated, lost the grand final in both years. So, you know, it shows you there that you can go through undefeated and might not win the grand final, but the teams that you've beaten along the year and in one year we've versed the same team twice, uh, four times, so they had learned how to defeat us. So going back to this, I'm happy if they want to keep the golden point shit, turn it to a golden try. Make it, if they, you know, they've obviously brought the golden point in back in 2003 to make the game more lively towards the end, to keep the viewer entertained, involved on the edge of his seat. Now, everyone goes, oh, it's golden point. All right, so which four forwards are going to run it up? Who's going to go for the kick? Change that. Golden try it. Bring your wingers, your wingers in. Everyone says, oh, the wingers, look at them. They're acrobats flying through the air. Well, this is their time to shine. Or scrap it all together. Run your 24 games in the middle of the season, draw to draw. It'd make it a, a tight competition again. Um... And then, yeah, bring your golden point or golden try system, whatever they want to do, in the semis. They're your two options. Um, you know, you don't try to expand the game on the field with stupid rules because there's already enough rules there that are getting wrong. That's it. Well, I'm old school. I'm happy for a draw, one point each. Shake hands, have, have a few beers, move on to next week, and, you know, back to the drawing board. Uh, from there yeah beers not ciders <laughs> alright that's that's our golden <laughs> point statement guys um, if you wanted any more information more than happy for you guys to inbox us or post on our Facebook page yeah if you want to hear anything or our opinions on anything inbox us ask us and we'll do a bit of research and we'll be happy to uh, happy to um, oblige and do some research and give you guys what our thoughts are on different parts of the game and where we can improve that's it. That's what we're about here at the final whistle. Thanks for listening. Uh, up next, the preview of round five. All right, preview for round five. We need to get a sponsor for that, don't we, Dale? Could be someone sponsor preview round five. That way we can give the money back to grassroots football. Thursday, 7.50pm, Broncos and Tigers at Suncorp Stadium. Two teams coming off losses, but each are under very different circumstances. There's a pre-game theory among some pundits that the Broncos would bounce back and upset the Roosters after the previous week's one-point loss to the Dragons. That never happened. <laughs> the thrashing from the Chooks and what the coach must be feeling up there with one win from four games. What can you say about the Tigers? They were the better team for 78 minutes against the Panthers but failed to deliver a knockout blow and pay the ultimate price. The key matchups here, while there's pressure on both coaches, Seabold and Maguire, to get the wins, there's also a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of each of the senior players, none more so than rival hookers Andrew McCulloch and Robert Farrer. Their respective teams rely heavily on what the pair brings to the table in offence and defence. So James Roberts and um, Payne Hass have not been named in 17, but are on the extended bench there. Uh, David Fafita replaces the suspended Tavita Pengai Jr. at lock. 
Patrick Carrigan has been selected on the bench to make his NRL debut. He's an East Tigers junior and has been killing it in the Interest Super Cup with Win and Manly's. And the Tigers, they've had a couple of change. Robbie, uh, Russell Packer and Ben Madalino do a, do a swap of jerseys. Uh, so Packer's in the start there. Madalino's to the bench. Uh, Josh Alloway finally becomes a starting forward, not an interchange superstar. He's in the lock with Elijah Taylor being demoted outside of the uh, top 17. Uh, looks like he, Matt, Matthew Eisenhoof is uh, the, the new man on the bench there. Um, how do you see this one going, though? Yeah, was, you did touch on the hookers there. I think you know Andrew McCulloch um, is a very, very inexperienced forward pack up there at Brisbane that we, everyone keeps mentioning. So I think he needs to you know guide them around, um, give them the, the go through um, forward straight from the ruck. I think if he wins that ruck um, and bounces bounces on through there, I think the forwards roll on. Um, what they have done in the past, you know, the, of previous Brisbane, you know, forward packs. Um, interesting that um, that no changes the Broncos in the halves. Yes, I'm very interested in that. I thought O'Sullivan would be eschewing this week coming back in, um, but then again, Seabold's kept his his faith in in regards to that. Like I said, I would probably had Milford. Uh, at fullback and brought O'Sullivan in, you know, steer, steer the boys around the park. He's a leader of men. Oh, 100%. And uh, I believe if the Broncos lose this weekend, they have to do that. If Seabolt doesn't do that, then his five-year tenure is going to be a short one. <laughs> Interesting that um, Payne Huss doesn't come straight back in with this, obviously, this forwards being you know, under criticism there. So he's kept the faith. I'm uh, happy for David Fafita starting. I feel that he plays his better footy when he starts, like he did in the All-Stars game. He just absolutely ripped in. Um, I think it you know, takes a bit for him to get going when he comes off the bench. He's not really that impact player. Or he hasn't shown that at the moment. So, you know, he'll do, you know, that number 13 jersey that Tavina Pengai yeah, has left I'm suspended just, now. Just looking down here, they've got an interesting name, uh, name in jersey number 20 in James Roberts. Now... You know, there was talk about his off-field discretions, which we won't go into because we don't want to do that here. It's interesting that his name, two weeks after his Achilles, uh, if he comes in, Titani Staggs will obviously jump back to the uh, interchange. Who would they take out there? Would they would they take that NRL start off that uh, Patrick Carrigan or would Fleg, would Flegler be the one that misses out? Uh, depending how Seabold uh, wants to roll forward, maybe might be the... Chabaski. Chabaski, the new fella in there. I don't see much changes through that. I don't, I don't think James Roberts is going to play personally anyway yeah. uh, after what he's done off-field. Um, like you said, we won't mention that. But, you know, why would you drop Tony Staggs? Absolutely killed it last week. He was probably Broncos' best player in the losing side. Probably Broncos' only player that turned up in the losing side. Yeah, he did. He was probably the <laughs> only one that manned up. But, um, you know, Griffo's a Broncos fan. He's tipped the Broncos. I've tipped the Broncos just because they're being there at Suncorp. Who you got, Fifey? I'm going Tigers. Uh, I can almost guarantee you Isan Masters will not have a goal-kicking disaster like he did against Panthers last week. And I'm tipping Tigers to bounce back there. They're really... Um, they've improved. Like They improved on, on, on the uh, Cleary bus last year. And Maguire's just come in and 
doing the similar similar stuff to what Ivan Cleary would have had running in there, and um, I, I reckon Tigers will bounce back this week. Awesome, awesome. We're on to the early game Friday, 6pm Titans versus Panthers at Seabus Super Stadium. Hard to believe a team will be out of finals contention after five rounds. But that's essentially where the Titans are at after the season with four straight losses. Coach Garth Brennan is extremely concerned with his side's inability to fire, using words like frustrated, panicking and not mentally tough enough after the loss. The Panthers pulled off a great escape with Nathan Cleary's last-minute heroics against the Tigers, but the reality is they were lucky to win and still haven't been that impressive in all four games. Is there pressure on Tyrone Peachy and James Maloney to find their form of last year to retain their Blues jerseys? Yeah, 100%. Well, them two and, and Cleary. Um, if I was Freddie Fitler, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at Maloney and Cleary, and I'd come out in the in the press and do that. It might spark them to to play harder. Uh, as as you saw, you know, like they uh, picked um, hubs that play club level together. The only other New South Wales club level halves is Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, and they're on fire at the moment, except for last week. So yeah, the next three games will be a telling sign for Maloney and Cleary if their team struggles to put points on the board off the back of their kicking game, well then, you know, and their their last tackle decisions still were shocking on the weekend. I think four times they ran the ball on the last. What were they expecting? It's not under nines, under eights anymore. You know, you've got, you've, yes, you can run, the, the option to run is there, but you've, you know, late in the game, close to the line, Grab it through, repeat set, build the pressure, build the pressure, build the pressure, build the pressure. It will eventually break and you score a try. For seventy-eight minutes, they did not look like um, they did not look like uh, scoring any points until you know I think twenty minutes to go in that game. The call came down from Cleary. He pushed DWZ back to fullback and pushed Dylan Edwards onto the wing. the The kick return from um, Dallin put the Panthers on the on the front foot in the last 10, 15 minutes. And then essentially that's what kind of rolled on and then Dylan Edwards scored his try in the 79th minute to get uh, Cleary to level it up. That's it. Um, if Tyrone Petchy keeps playing the way he is, that he only have a couple of Blues jerseys in his in his locker. I know James Maloney, he's, you know, there's got a lot of criticism this week in regards to his form and how he's played stuff. Uh, people don't mention that, you know, he had neck surgery in the off-season there. But, you know, he's a champion bloke. He's won premierships and, you know, he stands up where he needs to be. You look, you look, at, you look at every club he's been to. Premiership, premiership, premiership. The only one he didn't get a premiership at was the Warriors, but he got them to the grand final. Exactly. But what does that tell you of the man? And, you know, you hear his off-field stuff. He's a, he's a niggler. He's a character off-field. Um, and I, I love his... I love his his way of thinking, I, I'd never had the ability to do what he does. If I make a mistake on the field, I'd go on it for the rest of the game. Makes a mistake, you just water off the duck's back, keep going again. Reset, reset, reset. And then, then um, yeah, the Triple M boys, they got him on Saturday and have a chat to him after the victory. And the old, the old fellow, he's out at the freaking tab. He's having a punt while he's talking to the boys on the on, on, on the radio. And they're asking him for his tips. You know, that, that's a... That's a, that's a the character of the fella. That's he's it. 
don't he don't care. He's he's laughing. He's he's a laugh a minute. He's down to earth kind of bloke. Oh, 100%. And I love his croaky voice, eh? Hey? It's great. <laughs> I still think Brad Fittler will still pick Maloney and Clue, no matter what their form is. I think he's trying to, you know, build the team around there. But we'll, we'll touch on Origin because it's still quite early. Titans with one, one change only. Max King comes in on the bench for suspended Fotiaka. Um, <laughs> love the names, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, notable switch for the Panthers. You know, Ivan has put DWZ back to fullback. Which we just spoke about, yeah. Just spoke about, and then obviously Edwards goes to the wing. Um, Fafi. Terrell Fumimona. Terrell Fumimona. Man, these names are killing me, eh? Uh, replaces injured Frank Winnerstein. So that's really, there's not much changes there for. Penrith, um, Griffo's picked Penrith, I've picked the Panthers, you're a Panthers fan, so I'm assuming it's Panthers all around? Yeah, I've got Panthers all around, uh, 18th, 18th man to be just, just to be noted on the Panthers is Malachi Batanis Lesniak, so whether or not he does get a Guernsey, uh, I'd be swapping Sione Katoa and Wade Egan around, get Wade Egan in, they're kind of a similar, similar kind of player. Um... For a left of field, you could even put Jerome Luai in the utility if um, if we don't fire. You know, to have Jerome Luai there, you know, he's a he's a killer of a player. He's something different to what we have for our for our two hookers. The two hookers are kind of a similar similar kind of um, playing style, although Wade Egan's got that bit more exuberance being younger. Um, so yeah, if if Panthers don't fire this week. It'll it, be headlines on Monday. That's it. So if Titans go 0-5, we're going to have to pull out those record books again and see who, see how many and who started a season with 0-5. But on to the second game Friday night, Fifey. Yeah, so second game Friday night, it's Cowboys and Storm. Upper 1300 Smiles Stadium. And the Cowboys can now no longer boast how travelling to the tropical North Queensland capital of Townsville is the hardest gig in the NRL based on the fact that North Queensland has conceded 84 points and only won one game at home in 2019. It would seem that fortress has well and truly been breached in 2019. Maybe from the floods they had there, it's washed away the... Uh, Winning mentality. Yes. <laughs> their fourth home game in five rounds won't be any easier. The Storm are on their way. <laughs> Will they bring some rain with them? <laughs> and they come with a 28-10 record from the past 28 meetings with the Cowboys, including the past five straight. They are also unbeaten after four rounds in 2019. The key matchups here will be the battle of the um, the halves for Queensland, Munster and Morgan. No doubt they uh, they will be fighting over the 5-8, I think. I think um, Kevin might go DCE for halfback if DCE's form allows it. On the same on the same token, the, you know, you could have Munster and Morgan as, as the halves pairing if that's how Kevin wants to go, but... We're just going off the back of the basis that DCE's playing some good football this year. So we're going to say that he would be the um, banana benders. I think DCE will be the seven. Um, so battle, battle of the 5-8, you reckon? Battle of the five, a, I don't think whoever wins this will be. I think Munster's going to be there from his form. I think they'll leave Morgan as 14 and um, they'll have Ponga at one. But that's not touchback Queens anything yeah. about them. Yes, exactly right. We're a New South Welshman here. Uh Javid Bowen's been taken out of the side and his place has been taken by the uh, Mr. I'll, I'll go anywhere, Ben Hampton, who shifts from centre to win. And Nali Tuala, this is the fellow that we were talking with Wills the other day on, on um, Hawkesbury Radio. This is the name that escaped me. He's a, he's a beast player, Nali uh, Tuala. He's going to make 
make his first NRL appearance for 2019 in standings. He played a couple of games a couple of years ago. Uh, I think he scored a double and he scored a couple of little uh, tries in a couple of games. He's really, really, really um, good and it's about time that he gets his start. A suspension of uh, Suliasi Vunavalu has forced the backline reshuffle in Melbourne with uh, Marion Sevi moving from centre to wing to cover for Vunavalu. Josh Adokar returns on the other win after missing last week's game for personal reasons. Misses saw him outside of work, hey? He was walking down streets of Duneside with his auntie, so it must have been a funeral in the family there. And uh, if, if it was a funeral there, we, uh, we send our condolences to Josh Adokar and his family. And yes, yeah, so Will, Will Chambers is going back to the centres. It's strange um, to have Marion Sevy. Uh, he's got the jump on uh, Shandor L. I would have thought they would have brought Shandor L back. Melbourne loves a good headline. Yeah, they sure they sure do of the yeah. Shandor. Oh, the Shandor then. Yeah. Bring Shandor back, they would have had the papers in overdrive printing out of everything. No, he'll go all right, Sevy. Um, he's he's Mister Fix It from for Melbourne at the moment. Um, I've gone. Griffo's gone with the storm. I've gone with the storm. Um, I was going with the storm. They're a dollar thirty six favourites. They're almost uh, like the winks there. The winks of of rugby league. You could never go against them, could you? There we go. You put the mocker on us. So the Cowboys. Are <laughs> I need to put the mocker on. My bold, my bold prediction's going right out the window. I think you, uh, the Cowboys. Uh, they need to turn up. They don't turn up. Storm are going to pull their pants down, and it'll be back to you know um, maybe JT coming out of retirement. Oh, you, you know what? I I'd love to see here. I'd love to see Johnny Asiata jump into five eight. He's showing great skills, aren't huh? he? He's set up, I think he's had almost more try assist than Michael Morgan this year. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first game on Saturday, 3 p.m., South Sydney vs. Warriors at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Oh, we're going up to, oh, so there's another game in Banana Bender. Yeah. Town. The free flowing Warriors football um, seemed to be back last week with three tries against the Titans, including the first from. David Fusatua, who led the competition last year with 22. In contrast, something isn't good at Red, isn't good in the Redfern neighbourhood. The Rabbitohs missed 37 tackles to the loss against Manly, and then they also missed 38 in the previous week to the Titans. Wayne Bennett and his coaching staff will be feasting on defence in training sessions this week, particularly if you want to contain players like Fusatua, RTS, Solomon Akata, and Ken Mamolo. There's a no guarantee Greg Inglis will play from injury, but if he does, his status in Queensland will turn the turnstiles through that Sunshine Coast Stadium. Key matchups in the halves, Green versus Reynolds. Both need to be on song and kick their sides to victory in this one. Reynolds had a poor kicking game last week. He'll need to do better and turn the big Warriors mobile forward pack around. Still no sign of GI for the Bunnies. Um, Kyle Turner, he's been named in the centres. Um, I think once Gagan uh, passes his HIA, he will slot into centre there and Turner will drop back to the bench. Um, that's just me thinking outside the box. Um, George Burgess has been named to start. Uh, Totola moving back to the bench and like I said, and J- Jacob Gagan needs to pass HIA protocols. If he does pass, um, I feel he'll slot back into centre, his natural position, and then um, Turner will be that versatile forward on the bench. Um, Sam Lousy returns from suspension to strengthen the Warriors bench, and Luggy Sal is out 
Um, what do you see? This one going five here? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I see South bouncing back. I don't see uh, I don't see them going two losses in a row. But they're gonna have to fix their uh, turnstiles up. Their what's that? Almost seventy seven yard tackles in two weeks that they've missed. That's in NRL standards. You can't have that. Uh, yeah, I know it's early in early in the year, but it's yeah, it's not on. Kyle Turner at centre really worries me. He's more of a second row, you know, so you want to hope that Gagan gets cleared for his HIA, but they've got other they've got other centres and winners sitting Mawini Harodi for for one. I would have had Marini Mawini Harodi Mawini Harodi, sorry about that, Mawini, I know him. Um, I would have had him in centre before Kyle Turner. Uh, I don't know what, you know, and, he, and he's a goal kicker too, so he's a backup goal kicker if Reynolds goes down, you know. Bennett is a master class, mate, so we can't knock him. He's, you know, been there one hand. Oh, yeah, yes, I know, he's a master class, but what a master class for him. After the after the loss at Brookie on the weekend, mate, he was out there getting photos. He photo was snap of him having a photo with a manly f- supporter in a wheelchair. Yeah, it was you great know, to see out he there. He could he could have just easily walked past, but he you know, he he's taking photos. We don't know what's happening with Bennett. He'll go missing soon. He's smiling again, cracking jokes, <laughs> and now he's taking photos. So um, ah, it's good to see. I've picked South Sea, and they're even they're even. They're even a tighter, tighter than what Storm are. They're a dollar thirty-three. Crazy. You're not going to get your money back there. Go put twenty dollars on the Warriors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Myself and Griffo got Souths. I've got Souths as well. I don't see it going any other way. How good is it to see um, footy being promoted up there, in, up there in the Sunshine Coast? Oh, that's yeah. Queensland's getting a lot of games this year. This, hey? well, what's that telling you for expansion? There you go. There might be another Queensland side coming in. Yes. Here we go. Second game on Saturday. Five for you we got. Ah, your bloody Knights and, and the Manly at, at Newcastle. This is a massive game for the Knights. Starting the season with losses in three of their first four games. It doesn't matter that the losses were by a combined 10 points or less. Or combined 10 points in the whole three games. Wins are the only thing that counts. Sure when does. it's going for top eight, and when you look at top eight, you're going to need at least 13 wins, which means some at home, some away. They haven't scored more than 14 points in any game, and Nathan Brown has to keep tinkering with his side defence if they go going to play finals footy. Manly defied the odds to overcome Rabbitohs after losing Tommy Turbo, and there's no reason why they can't carry the same conviction into this week's clash and spring away another upset. The key matchups. Uh, obviously, will be Pierce first, David Cherry Evans. Um, you know, again, Origin talk rears his ugly head there. You, you, you think that if Pierce was to get the upper hand on on Daly, he'd come into Fitler's expectation. Oh, ex- into Fitler's mind there. Whoever leads the attack here, though, will will obviously get their side closer to come away with those two points. James Garvert returns from a sternum injury at prop. Tim Glasby sh- shoots back to the uh, lock position and Mitch Barnett moves over to the bench. Josh Keaton goes back to play for uh, Newcastle. Tommy Turbo is set to miss 9 to 12 weeks. Jesus, that's a long time. I haven't even seen that. That's the first time I saw that. That is a massive loss. Uh, Brendan Elliott's back to fullback, so it gives Brendan Elliott a chance to work with um, DCE to, to 
pop up in that middle and no doubt he would have seen the last two kind of games so he would be able to have a bit of video of what Turbo and DCE can do so that's good there and then Moses Sully comes back after his um, exile for the last few weeks which no one knew about it mainly surprise surprise when they were interviewed how do you see this one going Mr Knights man? Yeah well Desi kept that under wrap with Sully um, I actually had a conversation with a work colleague of mine her brother plays um in the lower grades at Manly and another brother place in the Sharks um, and just told me some information about Sully that, you know, Des, he's look, he doesn't have a father, you know, Sully doesn't have a father, he passed away when he was very young um, and now that Des has stepped in there, he's actually, it's a father figure for him, um, which is good. We all know what he's done off the field, he's been sacked for many clubs, but let's hope that he gets it right here. Yes, I'm a Knights fan. I have tipped the Knights. I've got a lot of Manly fans that do listen to our podcast and they keep telling me to stop slagging them off um, because they're going all right. Um, when it, I keep putting shit on them saying that they're probably going to get the spoon for the first time. Um, it'll, it'll change, it wouldn't it? It wouldn't be a silver spoon they'll be eating the dinner out with. It'll be a wooden spoon for once. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the Knights only because, you know, Tommy, Tommy T is a massive loss for them. Um, like I said, Lino was a bit rusty last week. Um, I think, you know, he just needs to just play his natural game, just do his thing, let Pierce, you know, move the forwards forward and let Pierce control that match. Um, we've got to get more from Pierce. Um, you know, can't rely on Ponga to be, to be doing everything. Um, you know, uh, how great is our goal line defence and our defence in general? Like, you know, we've lost three games. You know, some teams are on, you know, minus 84 and, you know, we've lost three games and, those three games could wind to 10 points. It shows you that, you know, we're in it all the way to the end. We just need to get over that, that last hurdle. Griffo's got Manly. I've got Knights. Who you got? I've got Knights, but I reckon this could be the upset of the round. Knights uh, wing in? Is that the upset? No, the other way around. Manly, Manly getting over Knights. Knights are, I think, a $1.45 favourite for your punters out there. Um, yeah, but Manly, if they bring... The, they're going to have confidence anyway. Beaten South free, free. You know they were undefeated at that time, and they beat them. Even with Tommy going, you know, like they could have turned to, turned to mud, losing Tommy. You know, obviously you saw what it did to the team when he came back against Warriors. They came out and had a party. Um, they, they, they're forwards. That's the key here. Forget your halfbacks. Forget your your, your wingers. If they're forwards make the metres, and that's Jake Trevojevic, Curtis Siren, and Joel Thompson, Marty DePau, and Fanua Blake. They all need to, 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 to move up, you know, and, and and take the ball up, contest the line, don't run out of singles, run out in pairs. If they make the metres, then Daly can do what he can do in, in the other half. But I've, I have tipped the Knights. Bash Brothers, Fanil Blake and Marty Tapao, the bullying team. So, you know, if we claim our own, we get James Gabbett back. So, you know, four knuckleheads there going at it. It'll be interesting to watch. On to the final game on Saturday. Yeah, so, so the Sharks and Roosters at Shark Park, 7.35. Sharks have had their worst defensive game for 2019 in that last round, letting in 24 points from the Eels. Now they face the side with the best attacking record so far in the Roosters. <coughs> Injuries are starting to infiltrate the Sharks' ranks, which is never a good sign. Two key members of the spine in fullback Matt Moorland and 5'8 Sean Johnson were missing against Para. 
and then the side lost Aaron Woods to a foot injury. He has a uh, extended sit in on the sidelines now. A um, perhaps they need to take a feather from the Roosters' nest. They had winger Brett Morris, hooker Jake Friend, and prop Jared Rahira Hargraves missing for the Bronco uh, for the, against the Broncos game, and they still pummeled them thirty six four. And does any side have an answer for containing James Tedesco at fullback? Maybe the Cronulla crowd might be a good eighth man for the Sharks to have on their side on Saturday night as the Roosters seem to have perfected the art of player diversity and versatility. Key matchups here has to be for Feeder and Pryor. They need to match it with, uh, match it with um, Hargraves and Takiaho pound for pound if they were to come any chance of winning this match. Yes, like I said, you said, can anyone contain James Tedesco? Massive question marks. Have you know? I know South Sydney kept him pretty quiet. I reckon if he, I reckon if he gets in the break, I reckon Bronson Sherry will chase him down. Didn't he show some toe against Gutho? He just left him for dead to get that ball, didn't he? So <laughs> if if he if he's going to make a break, all the Mitchell, my odds on favour is Bronson Sherry coming down and and tackling him down. So John John Johnson has returned apparently. He's a uh, over his one week absence. Kyle Fennigan goes back to Newtown, who they have a tough ask against North Sydney Bears at the moment. North Sydney Bears are flying, the mighty Bears. Um, Gallon returns to lock for Bakua, who drops back to the bench for the injured Aaron Woods. Uh, Jared returns for Roosters. Zane Tedavano drops to the bench, and Nate Butcher will return to the Bears. That's it. I think whoever wins the forward battle is going to win this, but... I feel the Roosters have too much class and the Sharks have got too many niggly injuries and too many players injured. Um, but you never can never can ride off the Sharks at Shark Park. Oh, you, know, you know, the Sharks have got sitting down in, in Newtown Jets. Well, he's not signed to an NRL club. He's signed himself a Newtown Jets contract. And that's... Seguiaro. Uh, no, Seguiaro, no. Not Seguiaro. Even forward turn. They've got big old Eastwood there. Yeah, he signed fun. himself a Newtown Jets contract. I reckon, I reckon there might be a bit of talk there. He might just sign himself a fifty thousand dollar bottom of the barrel second tier player if injuries keep going in the forwards. <laughs> they got no money there. <laughs> they've got they've got no money, no honey. But I can guarantee you they've probably got fifty grand sitting around, and he'll take fifty grand on top of whatever he's getting from Newtown. That's it. Griffo's got roosters. I've got roosters. Yeah, I got roosters. Um... Roosters. Triple, Roosters all triple around. threat. Roosters all around. Alright, Sunday 405. Dogs and Dragons. Give me a second. At Jubilee Stadium. Corey Norman might not be everyone's cup of tea, but you can't say he shies away from the big moments. For the second game in a row, Norman wanted the ball with his hands in crunch time, kicking Dragons to victory with clutch field goals. Paul McGregor hopes his side already has the game put to bed well before the 80th minute on Sunday. But the Dragons can forget about an easy ride against the Bulldogs. The Doggies were oh so close to causing a shock upset last week against Melbourne in Melbourne. Dean Pay deserves credit for shaping his team into a competitive outfit. Key matchups, Jackson and Fazell are different types of back rolls. Both are hugely important to their respected sides. Origin, Origin player Fazell successfully returned last week after two-week injury absent while former Origin rep star... Jackson is still one of the toughest pound-for-pound players in the game. Both need to feature on all fronts on Sunday. 
Frizzell, obviously, we just mentioned he's back. Jacob Host drops back to the bench. Luciano Leilua comes in for the injured Corbin Sims, who broke his arm. The only replacement for the Dogs is Ogden in, and he replaces injured Napa. They say his injury is similar to Kieran Foran. Yeah, so the, the, the um, strength and conditioning guy of Bulldogs has got something to do. That's two, two ankle injuries that are similar. Um, I love the Bulldogs. Everyone's written them off, including our own Griffo. They're going to be cellar dwellers and wooden spooners and battle for it against Manly and whatnot. Um, they don't have the biggest name lineup. Their probably biggest names are in their forwards in Aiden Tolman, Josh Jackson, Corey Herrera Nira, and Reese Martin. They're probably the biggest names. Oh, and Will Hopawati in the backs. They're you know they're the biggest names they've got on here. They're struggling to be able to sign players. Due to the salary cap. Due to the salary cap. But they've come out and they've played a great they've played a great game since these five players have been put into the side. And yeah, kudos to Dean Pay at the moment. Like it's it's great to see, you know, you don't want to see a team of the uh, like like in the nineties you know, turn up and you already knew who was gonna win it, you know. Um I'm talking, you know, Western Suburbs back in the uh, in the 90s before the uh, demise of, of that club. You know, it was basically virtue. You're going to turn up. You, you can turn up with your second string side and still beat them. So it's it's good that the Bulldogs have kicked it around and won. And then, yeah, like, like we said in the in the preview there, they nearly, uh, nearly toppled Melbourne. I've tipped the Bulldogs and I'm going to say Jaden Ockenball will have another man of the match performance out there on that wing Griffo's picked the Dragons he never picks the Dogs we all know that <laughs> I've picked the Dogs in upset here you know going away to going away to Melbourne almost getting the chocolates there and then they're backing up again another way match at Jubilee Stadium uh, will just show us you know where Dean Pay's boys are um, but at least I don't see, you know, Corey Norman kicking three field goals in a row in a row to win three matches. You know, it could be putting my my foot in my mouth for this one. But um Isn't it isn't it uh, isn't it good to see Balls of Steel back? Yeah. That's his new nickname. Balls of Steel Tyson Frizzell. <laughs> Two weeks after corruption and he's back on the field and he from from mine he done a one on one strip and scored a try too, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Paul so, Pearcey. All right, last game. Fifey, what are we at? Where are we at? We're going down to Raiders for this last game. Uh, the Viking clap. It's back again. Uh, what a difference a year makes, eh? This time last season, the Raiders and Eels were languishing at the bottom of the ladder. Twelve months later, they're both boasting identical three, three wins and one uh, loss record and are in the top four. Well, no, top eight, sorry. Power sitting at fifth, aren't they? Preparing to meet for the, in the match of the round from... Certain experts that reckon it's going to be the match of the round. I reckon the, I reckon the Sunday four o'clock match will be the best match of the round for me. But anyway, the the Raiders were all business disposing of the slumping Cowboys last week and should return to a big hometown crowd on Sunday in the blue and gold corner of the Eels, who have clearly put last year's horror campaign behind them. The key matchups here: there are some beautiful matchups over this. Football Park on Sunday evening down uh, down at Canberra. Jennings up against Joseph Leilua. Rookie hooker Reid Mamey facing off with one of the world's best and Josh Hodgson, the uh, Englishman there. 
But crucial clash of the halfbacks here, Sam Williams and Mitchell Moses. Williams to be the most intriguing. Williams has been rock solid since returning the first grade around three, which he has kept out Aiden Caesar again. Aiden Caesar is due to come back. He is named there as a 19th man, I'm pretty sure. I'm just looking at the list right now. Yeah, he's 19th man, but Sam Williams has done the job in Ricky's mind to keep him in that side. And Mitchell Moses, you know, he's been really good this year after having that real heart-to-heart with Brad Arthur in... Um, in preseason, saying that if you want to play like you did last year, go shake the uh, hand of the of the Magpies coach because that's where you're going to be. And he's um yeah, th- this side here is pretty good to have um to have Josh Hoffman, George Jennings, uh, Bevan French, all sitting down in reserve grade. This side's doing really, really good, you know, and it's it, it's it's good that uh, Brad Arthur has kept the same team, you know. It's always good to have that same team, barring suspension and uh, an injury. There's none none there, and they must be buoyed by um, winning Tim Manor's brother's namesake trophy last week. You know, Johnny Johnny Manor was a great up and coming player, cut short in his prime, and yeah, that that trophy would uh, that trophy of that cup would have been really really symbolic and it would have been great for Tim to stick it in his uh in the in the trophy cabinet there at Parramatta um with the rest of their spoons yeah with plenty of their wooden spoons they've got in the 1986 grand final premiership trophy there um Joseph Tapani to return some injury yeah he's back so which that puts uh young redhead Corey Horsberg back to our Mounties which is a shame he, he was a good good young fella that ran hard and solid and straight uh, he, he, he'll get his time again no doubt soon um, but it, it, it looks to be a tight game I'm tipping Parra here by two Griffo's gone with Parra I've gone with the Raiders only because they've impressed me over the last couple of weeks and um, they returned home and that'll be packed out down, down there on sun, Sunday night um, in the Nationals capital yeah there is a um, there is a there is a what what are we what are we what are we talking here? There is a um this is the match of the round for me. Um you know, Sunday football is probably the most looking forward to in regards to that. Um I reckon Para win this. Next week Easter Monday, Para Tigers sold out. Bankwest. At Bankwest. I'm going there on Sunday. It's fan appreciation or open open day to have a look at it. Apparently, in the corporate boxes, you can sit there and you can choose what end of um what end of the uh, bogan meter you want to listen to. You want to hear the crowd at the southern end. You click the southern end, and the microphones up there. They'll pick up everyone on the southern end. And you go to the other end, or you can sit in the middle. This stadium is state of the art, and kudos to uh, the Liberal Party for um getting across the line. We got. Uh, the final whistle here, we've got four tickets um, to anyone that wants them. Just uh, jump into our inbox and go from there. Um, and it's at 9.30 on, on Sunday um, to have a tour there. And yeah, 9, 9.30, be there at 9 o'clock. Sunday, the 14th of April. Dale and I will be there. Uh, I'm bringing my family along as well. So come along and come and see what this stadium has got. It's going to be a, a game changer. And that's our final, that's our preview for round five, peeps.
Thank stay, you very much. Stay tuned for the final segment around the grounds, New South Wales Junior Rugby League. G'day, here we are, New South Wales Junior Rugby League. Fixtures, results, and around the grounds for our Junior Rugby League as well. They kicked off their round one, most most teams played, unless you were the unlucky ones and had a bye. So straight into it, um, Canterbury Cup, New South Wales results. Warriors defeated Panthers 22-12. Blacktown Workers Seagulls got the cookies against the Rabbitohs at Lotto Land before the main game there, 32 to 12. The mighty North Sydney Bears, what a game this was on Sunday, 42 to nil. Bulldogs never showed up. Mounties 52 over Western Suburbs Magpies 6. Wentworth Field Magpies 42 beat the uh, Newtown Jets 10. Knights lost to the Dragons 16 to 34. In our Rom Massey, we had Asquith Magpies defeated Blackhound Workers Seagulls 38-16. Mounties got up against Western Suburbs. Magpies 40 points to 4. Wentworthville Magpies 30 defeated, uh, defeated the Glebe Burwood Wolves 0. Brothers, which we posted this up on our Facebook page, they lost to St. Mary's 44-10. Hills Bulls also lost to, um, lost to Guildford Owls. 30 points to 32, and Cabramatta had to buy in the Sydney Shield games here. Asquith Magpies beat Moorbank Rams 46 to 28. That was almost like a glorified touch game. Cabramatta defeated Belrose Eagles 40 to 14. In the Battle of the uh, Birds here, right Eastwood Hawks went down to East, Co- East Campbelltown Eagles 26 to 6. Wentworthville Magpies defeated. Uh, Sydney University 24-22 in a close encounter and Hills Bulls also lost to Guildford Owls 28-30 and then last game there Sydney Shield Brothers lost 12 points to 56 against St Mary's in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership Cabramatta defeated Rabideau 16-12 Bulldogs got a, got a bit of a hiding there from the Sharks 22-0 the Bears Got up in a thriller. This match was an absolute thriller. It was the first match of three out, out there at um, Bear Park on Sunday. And Bears got up 10-8 over Country Rugby League Newcastle. Um, Brothers lost to St. Mary's 34-0. Uh, Mounties, Mounties uh, won against West Tigers 28-4. There won't be any uh, results for the uh, Harvey Norman Women's Premiership next week, Dale. They've all got buys. Awesome. Oh, yeah, so you have two, two, uh, one team there, Cabramatta, Matter, another team there, I can't remember who was at the top of my head. They've got to buy this week, they've got to buy next week. Oh, Wentworthville, that's the team. They get two weeks in a row, four points, lovely. And uh, Jersey Flag, so the under-20s competition. Warriors lost the Panthers 20 points to 14. Manly got a hiding there, the only uh, only great light for Rabbitohs, 50 to 10. It was a, it was a thumping by the Rabbitohs. Uh, the Victorian Thunderbolts. Lost to West Tigers, 34-10. Um, Eels lost the Sharks, 38-4. Knights got the cookies against the Dragons here, 20 points to 6. Raiders lost to Roosters, 22-20. And the Bears got towed up, 38-10. So the ladders after round 4 for these competition, or round, yeah, round 4 for all of them, they've had buys throughout the Harvey Norman and the 20s. So Canterbury Cup stands like this. Mounties on top, Bears are second, Panthers are third, 
Rabbits are fourth. Wentworthville Magpies are in fifth. Western Suburb Magpies are in sixth. Canterbury Bulldogs are in seventh. And the Dragons, they round the eight out. Ron Massey sees Mounties on top. Wentworthville Magpies are second. Asquith Magpies are third. St. Mary's are fourth. Cabramatta are fifth. Guildford Owls are sixth. Glebe Burwood Wolves are in seventh. And the Western Suburb Magpies, they round that eight out. Sydney Shield, East Campbelltown Eagles, who won it last year, are on top of the ladder again. Cabramatta are second. St. Mary's are in third. The Hills Bulls coming after that in fourth. And then the bottom half of the ladder sees Guildford Owls, Asquith Magpies, Wentworth Field Magpies, and Sydney University round the eight out in Sydney Shield. <coughs> in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, Mounties are on top there as well. So Mounties are doing pretty good across the, across the competitions they're in. Cabramatta in second, Bears a third, Sharks, Magpies, Rabbitohs, Country Rugby League, Newcastle, and St. Mary's around the eight out for the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. Over in the Jersey flag, Canala Sharks are on top there, Canterbury Bulldogs are in second place. Then it goes Roosters, Rabbitohs, Panthers, Tigers, Warriors, with the Raiders leading the eight uh, and in the eight out there. All right, so into um, SG Ball, Harold Matson. Tasha Gale, it's all semi-final time here for these juniors. Um, if you are within the area on Saturday, get your butts down to HE Labart. There are four games there. No, sorry, six games there. There are six. There are two in each of each grade there out, out there at HE Labart. Um, so you've got Manly, who finished the regular season in SG Ball with the minor premiership. They're up against the Eels at Lotto Land. Illawarra's Steelers versus Central Coast Roosters down there at Wynn Stadium. The Bulldogs and the Sharks are in the first elimination match at HE Labart. Raiders and Balmain are in the second elimination uh, match up there at HE Labart. Over in the Harold Mats, Manly and Rabbitohs uh, there at Lotto Land. Steelers and Balmain are down at Wynn Stadium. The first of the elimination matches in this this uh, age group or division or competition, I should say, is Panthers versus Sharks and then Knights, who actually got the minor premiership. They are coming all the way down from Newcastle to HLA by the Blacktown versus the Bulldogs. So more of a Bulldogs home game than it is um, than it is Harold Matts. And the second, I already mentioned it, but the second um, elimination match is the Illawarra Steelers against the Balmain Tigers. Over in Tasha Gale, uh, you've got the Battle of the Battle of um, the Gong in the uh, St. George Dragons and Illawarra Steelers are versing each other there. Illawarra Steelers, they finished first, and I'm pretty sure they were first for the majority of this year. Um, in, then you've got Knights, they're versing Tigers, uh, West Tigers out at um, HE Labart. First of the elimination games are Penrith vs. Sharks. And the second elimination is Parramatta versus Raiders. So we didn't post this up on our Facebook page because we got a bit sidetracked and a bit busy, but the results for the Andrew Johns and the Laurie Daly Cup are as follow. Northern Rivers defeated Western Rams 18-6. They were both undefeated going through their respective competitions in the north and the south of of the uh, country championships there. And the Laurie Daly... Uh, Cup went to the Illawarra South Coast Dragons who defeated the Western Rams 34 points to 18. So now we've got a segment here, guys, which we will post up every week where we talk about Junior Rugby League. And that's 
that's where we love to see all the junior sports coming up, all the junior superstars. So just quickly there. Um, these are all the these are all the people that are sent through. These are the people the that are sent through. I'll, so I'll, if, yeah. if you want to get. Um, you know, your junior rugby league team mentioned on the podcast, yes. just send it through to our inbox or our email um, and follow the prompts from there. Uh, yeah, so basically I'll start off with, um, I'll start off with the Blacktown Spartans, obviously, because I'm, I'm a part of their, their, their furniture there. Our 15s, uh, first year in Division 1, uh, they lost a bit of gas in the end, but they held it to the Magpies. 22 to 12, they lost that one. Um, they lost the lost a bit of steam in the in the um, second half, and I uh, I stood in and probably was standing for most of the year as coach for the under sixes, which is my daughter's team, and we had a lovely ten try a piece try fest. It was it was great to see. It was nice and wet. There was a couple of puddles on the ground. So first tackle, which happened to be my daughter, she picked it up off the kickoff, ran, she landed in water. Um, a lot of future superstars in that team there. Uh, so we'll run down Penrith in the Penrith district, Doonside A grade. They lost to Londonderry 34 to 24. Uh, also, the under 9s defeated Brothers 34 12. Uh, under 10s, Mincho, they lost 30 points to 20 over the Northwest Magpies, which is a new team out in the Hawkesbury area. In the Canterbury Comp, under 11 ones, Barella Bears, they beat St. John's 12 0. Uh, under 11s, I'm pretty sure we've got the name wrong here for the defeated side, but Hills Bulls under 11s, Division 1, defeated their opponents 52 0. Game called off just after half time due to the mercy rule. Uh, we even got one here from up in the Gold Coast. Uh, Rabina Raptors, they beat the Runaway Bay Seagulls 24-4. Keep that coming in. I'd love to hear about the guy up there on the Gold Coast. And what we'll just quickly do, uh, we'll run through the Greenacre Tigers. Like They have been massive supporters of us lately, and we're helping them out as much as we can. So basically run through the list here. Under nines, Division 2 Greenacre Tigers beat the Bankstown Bulls. Oh, no, lost to Bankstown Bulls, sorry, 10 points to 12. Greenacre Tigers just, uh, against Chester Hill Hornets. They got the cookies there on 10s Division 1, 26-10. Under 10s Division 2, Greenacre Tigers. They beat Bankstown Sports 34-14. Under 11s Division 1, Greenacre Tigers against Moorbank Rams got the cookies 34-12. Under 11s Division 2, the Greenacre Tigers. They came up against Bankstown Sports and they lost 16 points to 20. Under 12s Division 1 came up against the Chester Hill Hornets. Now, I, my uh, side I was coaching last year had a trial match against these Chester Hill Hornets, and they are a ripped side. They put 14 tries on our side last year, and uh, looks like they got the cookies over the Greenacre Tigers here, four points to 22. Under 12s Division 2 Greenacre Tigers took on Jaden Ockenball's Milpera Colts, and they won 18 points to 16 in a close game. Greenacre Tigers in the 13s Division 1, they took on the Campbelltown Caligans and they got the cookies there, 22-0. Under 14s Division 1, Greenacre Tigers, they versed St. Christopher's and they went down 6 points to 20. The under 14s, they also had a loss too against the Moorbank Rams, 4 points to 14. 
And the under 15 gold. So down this way, Dale, just to get you familiar familiar with this. It's an inter inter competition because there's not enough teams. So they, they run the division one or I think maybe division two is a silver. Um, they run them, so you have Green Acre Tigers and Chester Hill is what we have here, which Chester Hill won 24-4, but they versed Minto through the MacArthur region, some of the teams in the Bulldog regions as well. Um, yeah, so they're the results that we've been given to us. Yeah, it's awesome to see. We love you know getting inboxes from all our followers and listeners out there. Um, you know, especially mentioned the Green Acre Tigers, they sent through you know, practically the their whole list. Um, yes. So that's that's great. And um, we will and we will keep doing this each week because it's it's great to to talk up junior rugby league. That's what we're about. We're talking rugby league on all all scales, not just the NRL. And now I haven't got them this week. We should have got them. The physical disability rugby league had their 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 um games on the weekend. And for more reports, it was really, really, really good out there too. They all had a blast. Um, we did post it on our Facebook page. We did, we did post it on our Facebook page, but we didn't get the results to do on the podcast. Our uh, our, our old mate there, Riley Lowe, his team went down. I know that one for for a fact. I saw the Roosters had a loss there, thirty to ten or something. Right? Yeah, 30 some, yeah, thirty to ten, I think it was. But no, it's it's good. Send in your send in your results. Um, send in your man of the matches as well. We we will um, we'll post man of the matches as well. Um, so www.facebook.com.au forward slash the final whistle RL um, and you can jump on there we've got the massive green you know logo there or alternately you can go on to our email the final whistle RL, RL at hotmail.com um, just before we finish up I just wanted to have a shout out to uh, my nephew Cooper who played his first game of footy over the weekend for the under 6-6s for Glenmore Park Brumbies uh, they went on to win um, 36-28 against West City Tigers at, you know, Hebo Park. Um, but a special mention, majority of this team, they're all, you know, only four. So they don't have any five-year-olds or any six-year-olds. They're all just thrown in there. They all just want to play footy. And obviously they start ah. on the sixes. So, so yes, so they're all four. So they're all born between January and March because they've got to be four for round one to be able to play. So they're gonna they're gonna be a stellar side in two years time when they're all six and they've been playing together for three years. Uh, look out for that side. We should be the under six ones come come twenty twenty one, and then and nine. You mean? No, oh, they could play sixes still. Yes, twenty twenty one. They'll be under six division. Yeah, under sixes division one in twenty twenty one and. Oh, I, I reckon, I reckon your nephew Cooper might have some meat tri- meat pies that you have to pay him out. Uh, let his mum and dad do that. Um, no, uncle's got to do it. Uncle does it more than mum and dad. Uncle's got to do it. Yeah, I've got to get out there and watch him. Sometimes um, we've got a lot on, but I'm going to get out there to a game at least once this year. That you know, Get out him. to a game. Come and see me, mate. Come and see <laughs> me. I wake up 5.30 on Saturday morning to go and set up the field. Then I coach the whippersnappers. They'd like to stand on your toes, punch you in the never region for no reason. That's it. And uh, then... It's all fun and games Saturday morning. All right, that's the final whistle this week. Um, we will drop it soon on our Facebook page. Stay tuned. Need anything else? Just hit us up. Don't Thanks. forget we uh we we get all our all our rugby league content from the NRL dot com, New South Wales rugby league dot com, CRL NSW dot com, and then Facebook page. NRL news site and serious about rugby league.
And also, if you're in the Penrith area, listen, tune in to Hawkesbury Radio 89.9 at 11.30 on a Saturday. We are on there on most weeks talking rugby league and everything else to do with rugby league with Timo. Thank you. guys. And that's the final whistle. 